Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Let me tell you something. Just the fact that Katie and I are able to have this conversation with each other and with you folks blesses me immensely. Because as you're about to hear, it hasn't always been this way. Katie and I haven't always been able to talk about different theological ideas or principles or doctrines. Uh, in fact, they've been points of contention at di- at seasons in our marriage. And so the fact that we're able to freely discuss these and come to unity on some things and kind of agree to disagree on some other things is just a huge blessing to me. And it's encouraged me in my faith. And I know Katie's encouraged in her faith. And I hope that this conversation and kind of the, the way Katie and I have gotten to this point and how we share our story encourages you and your spouse to discuss, to discuss, discuss such matters. No, to discuss such matters with each other. And I would just ask that if you find any encouragement from the podcast, if you would take a moment and scroll down and leave us a rating or a review, it's just you could click on the stars down there. I mean, we like the five star the best, (laughs) obviously, Uh, but that just helps push the podcast out. We've told you guys this before, but it does help really get the podcast out there to more like-minded listeners. So thank you so much for taking the time to do that. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. And we are back with yet another episode. And guess what, Katie? What? Today's episode is episode number 99. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Next week, we're hitting 100. We should do something real special. Yeah, we'll think about it. It, If you guys have any suggestions for what we should do, yeah, for episode number 100. Yeah, that'd be fun to let the listeners decide what to do. Okay, so the funny story about this topic. About nine months ago, maybe maybe more than that. I think it was like almost a year ago. Yeah. We got an email on our now that we're a family email, which by the way, we have not checked that in probably nine months. Yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> so sorry if you've emailed us over there. Eventually we're gonna start doing that again. Because actually, Elisha, I didn't tell you this. I've had two people message me on Instagram in the last day and say they're leaving social media and they want to know where to find like the stuff we put out. Mm. And so I started thinking maybe we should start thinking about like actually being on our website again. Yeah. And doing our email and, doing and stuff. Email. Yeah. Because I do applaud anyone leaving social media. Yeah. I think that's a really wise decision. Yep. Um, but we would love to stay in touch. So yeah. anyways, yeah, that's, that's that. That has nothing to do with We make no guarantees <laughs> on making our email list active again no we don't but um but it's still in the game plan for 2021 actually so that said this guy emailed and was like 
he said something to the effect like this was a long time ago but he had said something to the effect of like how would you encourage someone who like if you and your spouse share different views on theology yeah if you disagree with your spouse on different theological topics yeah like could you guys talk on that on the Mm -hmm. podcast and we're like oh yeah sure we totally have theological differences we'll talk on this on the podcast no big deal so we started that podcast and we stopped like 10 minutes in and we were like wow apparently we do have like i don't know like we knew we had differences yeah, going into it they were we, starting to really rub each other yeah, we were we, rubbing each other wrong we with thought the differences they weren't big deals yeah. and so we started talking about them and then we were looking at the other person like what on earth is your deal that is a big deal yeah <laughs> yeah that's right uh, so, so hopefully that doesn't happen this time yeah, so we're doing it again. Yeah, we let's had do so it again. The first time. <laughs> uh, I do think Katie and I have grown over the last eight months, especially, and we've come to a to agreement in a lot of areas that we did not find agreement in before. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think we're uh, we agree a hundred percent on every possible theological doctrine, but I know that I'm really happy and, and encouraged with the areas we've been able to find unity in. I think you feel the same way. Yeah, for sure. I think that, I think a lot of couples are going to have a hard time agreeing on everything, Mm. seeing the exact same way through scripture because scripture is very nuanced and there are these gray areas or these confusing areas. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it can depend on who you're reading or who you're listening to. Mm -hmm. It makes you see scripture through a certain lens. Right. And it can also be a changing process. Yeah. Like my beliefs have changed over the last, you know, five years. Yep. Elisha's, I'm sure some of your views have too. Yeah, definitely. As you grow and you learn more. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's definitely not something to freak out about if you and your spouse see things different theologically. Right. right. Elisha wrote down a couple of things that maybe are pretty, not maybe, are are very big deals. Yeah, well, the the couple things I wrote down because maybe some of you are thinking, well, boy, why the heck did you guys even get married if you didn't even agree on theological topics? Because that is a huge deal, right? The way you view God, the way you view Christianity, the way you view salvation, that's a huge part of life. It's it's everything in in a lot of ways, and in a lot of ways, and it's going to affect every area of your life. And so maybe some of you are thinking, why did you even get to the altar? if you disagreed on so many theological topics and the answer is I really wanted to have sex. And so, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. That. No, no. That's not the answer. Um, that's not the answer that's to that question, true. to the rhetorical question. Uh, the answer is, is that we did agree on two things that were just crucial, that were non-negotiables for me. And I think they probably were for you, Katie. And that was the inspired word of God being the authority in our life and it being infallible and without error. And the fact that Katie viewed the Bible that way and that, and I viewed the Bible that way gave us a place to work from because the theological, the the beliefs we wanted to come to around theology, we wanted it to come from the Bible, from the word not just from different authors or not from different churches or pastors or thought leaders in the Christian world. We wanted it to come from the Bible. And the fact that we agreed on that brought me great comfort. And then a second one, which was really important to me, was that Katie saw Jesus Christ being the Son of God, equal to God, part of the Trinity, and being the only way to salvation 
and, and being the only way we can get right with God is through Jesus Christ. And we agreed on those things wholeheartedly. Now, you you know how salvation works out. Is it a work of God? Is it not a work of God? There's a lot of you can talk about with Jesus Christ being the only way to God. You know, you can say that's just true, but you can talk about that kind of exhaust. You can't exhaust that topic. But the fact that Katie did see Jesus Christ and I saw Jesus Christ as being the only way to salvate to salvation, I think gave us a really good foundation. Yeah, and these are very big things, especially for a wife going into a marriage, because if you believe that ultimately when it comes down to, you know, I I Elisha and I discuss topics very fully. He knows my opinion and he's gracious enough to ask for it on different topics we disagree on. But that said, if you believe that in the end, the husband makes the final decision for the family and you you as a wife are called to submit to that decision, it is vastly important that you know that he is going to be responsible to God and his decision is going to come based on scripture. Otherwise, you're just really swept around by anyone's opinions or mm. anyone who happens to step into your husband's life and be like, I think you should do this or I mm. should think you should do this. It was really comforting to me to be like when it comes down to how we're going to raise our kids or how we're going to live our lives or what we're going to value, we're going to go back and search for verses on these topics mm. and look to God's word as being directly from God. Yeah, and you probably had some confidence that if I was making a decision that you felt was unbiblical or maybe just not wise and you could go to the word and find proof that you would have the courage to do that because you knew I respected the word of God. Yes, exactly. I, I respect felt like you I had too, a, I but it's make like, a case. right. You can make a case. You'd be like, Hey, look, let's look at the word here. Let's see what it says. Rather than you feeling like you could only come with your opinion or you could only come with your preference, which again, a husband should want to hear his wife's opinion and her preference. I always love hearing your opinion. But should a decision, you know, come where I was being dogmatic and you wanted some authority behind your opinion, then you could go with God's word. Yeah, exactly. It's less subjective. Right. And I think it's funny because when we were dating and Elisha and I would talk about this stuff, I would always say, there's a verse that says like, well, I do that on the podcast still, but like blah, blah, blah. And he was like, that is not even a verse that's not even in the Bible. You can't even use that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're both guilty of doing that. It's so funny because Katie and I have been brought up in Christian homes and in very great Christian communities, which is a huge blessing. But it also, because we've been around so much Christianese, so to speak, Mm -hmm. it's easy to start like referencing things that you assume are part of the Bible because you've been hearing them your whole life. And it's like, no, that was just your dad's mantra when you were growing up. (laughs) 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 Oh, man, I still think some of them were verses. (laughs) I just didn't know the reference. So that's why you got to know your references. Anyways, so that said, back when we were dating, Mm -hmm. we started talking about theology a little bit. Just Mm -hmm. to give you guys like a little background. Yeah, a little history. Elisha was really, really into studying Calvinism when we were dating. Like your mentors were Calvinists. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you say that? I'm speaking for you. This is my perception, I guess. Yeah. I don't think I was a Calvinist, but I do think those were my strongest influences at that point in my life. Yeah. All the books you sent to me were from, um, those people Mm -hmm. and that school of thought. Mm -hmm. And I grew up, I don't know. I think had very strong Arminius bent 
And I saw Calvinism as just the Calvinists I knew in my life. Mm -hmm. I just saw it as being dogmatic and argumentative. Hmm. And so I never wanted to be ashamed of my husband in a public setting Mm -hmm. when, because I think I just knew a lot of old men. Hmm. I think they were Calvinists. And like someone would bring something up and they would be like, oh no, because like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I'd get into this fight and I was like, you just look really immature and foolish to be arguing over this stuff. And so my take was, okay, maybe some of it's true. Maybe some of it's not. Mm. Like I was, I was kind of open-minded to the whole thing, but I was like, I think taking that path or studying theology, I thought studying theology led to just argumentative dogmatic behavior and it didn't actually matter in the long run. Yeah. And unfortunately that that's probably what my attitude was at that point when we were dating. I think we were, I was what 23 cause you're referring, you're referring to the first time we dated, right? And the second time too, we had these conversations. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So I was either 23 or, or, um, or, or 25 and I definitely fit into that category of wanting to be the know-it-all, like beat somebody in a debate, like the, all the, like annoying things that come to your brain when you think of somebody studying theology. I was all of those things. And unfortunately that, well, that was unfortunate, but unfortunately that does seem to be pretty common in people's brain when they think of the study, you know, studying theology or the study of God or whatever it is that comes to your brain. When you, when you hear the word theology is you think of these people trying to be the know-it-all and have all the answers and just kind of full of themselves and arrogant on on either side for that oh yeah and that's the thing is it didn't really matter what side it was i lumped all theology which Mm -hmm. is crazy because it's like the study of god right uh which is obviously super important but when i heard that term theology or i study theology or i'm into theology i associated it with just like pride and this knowledge that made you feel good about yourself Mm -hmm. to have a answer when someone else came back at you with the opposing opinion. And that's yes. how I viewed it. Yeah. And unfortunately, humans are flawed. And r- even if somebody's got good doctrine, they're going to have human elements in their presentation that could potentially rub you wrong. And that doesn't, it's not even the doctrine's fault. It's not the theology's fault. It's the f- fact that we are human beings that are prone to being prideful, arrogant, argumentative, full of ourselves haughty we're just prone to being that way regardless of whether the doctrine's right or wrong and so i think that i want to get better at just hearing the truth and what's being spoken and not getting caught up in the presentation or thinking somebody is just full of themselves but say hey if there's truth to be found in this if this truly is if i can learn of my god and find truth in this then i want to be able to do that and i do respect that so much from you elisha like, you're so not that person that I pigeonholed you as when we were dating at all. But, yeah, that's one of the things I actually really respect about you. But, basically, I think that I had a obviously very warped view of what theology was. I didn't understand that, like, my dad, for instance, had very strong stances on theology. I didn't realize that I had strong opinions on certain theologies. I just thought I wasn't into theology Hmm. is what I thought. I thought I read my Bible. I'm into the relationship side Mm -hmm. of, you know, but obviously I had these beliefs about what I believe to be true or not Mm -hmm. about the Trinity, about baptism, about Christ. And for some reason, I didn't think of that as theology. Hmm. And I really respected my father who 
had very strong opinions, but was always very gracious right. in public environments and didn't like split hairs over just over like opposing views of things. Right. So I thought, oh, well, if you aren't into theology, I assumed my father <laughs> didn't have theology, which obviously he does as a strong Christian. Uh, that's kind of what I wanted in my husband. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I think that is an attractive attribute. Somebody that because of their theology conducts himself in a certain way. And ultimately you want the what your view of God to, you want it to be true first and foremost, and you want to be able to see God for who he is and how he's presented himself to us through his word and through nature. Uh, and you want to be able to conduct yourself in a way that's honoring to him. And you want to be able to have a saving faith in the true gospel. You want all these things and you want to be able to confidence mm-hmm. in those things. But I do think that you want the fruit of that to be, well, the fruits of the spirit. You want the spirit's fruits to be what's first and foremost in the Christian's life. And I think that is true of your father. And so it makes sense that you just wanted to see that in your husband more than hear about why he thinks he's right or why he thinks he has sound understanding and doctrine in different areas. Yeah. But looking back now, I am so grateful that so many of the things uh, we really did agree on a lot of core theologies. Mm -hmm. Yes. I didn't name them as such, but we did. You wrote down a lot of different topics. Yeah, I did because as Katie said, these different theological topics would come up and they would usually become kind of, they would become arguments or one of us would shut down. One of us would get triggered based off of a a response from the other person. And that really bugged me. I I viewed Katie, and maybe this is wrong, Katie, it seemed like if you didn't understand it as affecting your personal relationship with God, or if there being any practical application, you didn't see the point of it. And Mm -hmm. maybe that's true, maybe it's not true, but that's kind of how I felt you viewed theology. So what's like... How does that affect my life? You would say things like that. Yeah, I probably said that exact statement. <laughs> and and I couldn't. I was like, it does affect like how you believe, how you view God. It affects everything. It affects your whole your whole belief system. Uh, but that but we weren't able to have those types of conversations in a very civil manner. Yeah, I don't think we necessarily. They never really turned into arguments. Mm-hmm. We just. We would just drop them drop before. It. Yeah, exactly. Because I would basically say this doesn't matter mm-hmm. when right. it does. But yeah, yeah. So and d- you, it would really matter to you. Exactly. So topics, and I just wrote down a few, and obviously there's countless other topics that could maybe be categories in, in your marriage or different areas that you guys have differences in or are not able to talk to or talk about at this moment. But dip, areas that I wrote down that we kind of couldn't really dive into were um, the doctrine of grace, justification, sanctification, works, faith, baptism, healing, the sovereignty of God, original sin, um, the nature of God, uh, can we lose our salvation, fruit, the depravity of man, synergistic salvation, election, predestination. These were all things that just those words would like, Katie would be like, well, we're not going to talk about that. Like that doesn't matter. But because of how I viewed them affecting my overall belief and my overall view of God and salvation. I wanted to talk about them. I I really did care about them and I wanted to talk about them, but I wasn't able to articulate to Katie in a very convincing manner, the importance of them. Well, I think this is interesting because obviously it sounds foolish. And I think I was foolish in my perspective on these things. And I've really grown in that throughout this last year, just really realizing the importance of knowing what you believe and being able to articulate that. I think when it 
came down to it, Elisha and I believed, or my belief was formed about a lot of these things. Like how I view God today is very similar to how I viewed God before I could articulate what I believed about these specific issues. Right. So I think different personalities will sometimes feel like they can't quite like Elisha's more analytical. And in order for you, I feel like to understand what you believe, you're not as much of like maybe a faith based guy as far as you want to like drill down and know why and know the verses and like form those opinions, Mm -hmm. which I really respect. And I think that I just was kind of like, well, I believe God to be these things. I believe my faith to be these things. And all this other stuff doesn't really affect that belief. Mm. And it has, learning what I believe about these topics has strengthened my belief, Mm -hmm. but my belief hasn't changed about who God is. Right. Does that make sense? Like, I think it does. Like, I I wasn't flippant with my faith. Right. But I mean, it could come off like that, but, but I wasn't. Right. Um, I, I didn't realize the importance of these things though. Yeah. And, and again, maybe some of the things I just listed off, you're like sitting up straight being like, what? You couldn't talk about that. How in the world were you able to (laughs) get married? Or maybe I mentioned some things that you, you're like, well, yeah, that doesn't matter. That is divisive. You shouldn't need to agree on those things, but you're going to, in your walk, different things are going to be important to you at different times. And each one of these things affected the way I viewed my salvation. They affected the way I viewed God. And like Katie said, I think we are in agreement or very close to agreement in most of these topics, but being able to break, break it down was really challenging for us. And I did, I didn't let that, the fact that I thought that I'd, I was okay, not bringing these up, I think tells you that I was pretty convinced Katie and I agreed on these things and had similar mm-hmm. beliefs. It's not like I went into marriage thinking, oh, we disagree on all these other, you know, doctrinal subjects, but we agree on these couple things. So I'm cool with that. I assumed we agreed, but we just couldn't talk about them. And over time, and that's why I think having the confidence that you were going to go to God's word, you were going to continue to learn, and you believed that Jesus Christ was your hope for salvation. Uh, I was like, okay, we're going to grow in these areas. And I'll admit, like, I probably was harp too, too hard-nosed on some of these things, meaning I thought I held too heavily to, to thinking you have to be able to clearly understand and articulate what your view is of whatever election or of the sovereignty of God or of original sin in order to, you know, be a serious Christian where I think that you taught me a lot about trusting God, living in that faith of, of saying, Hey, you know, I can't fully explain these things, but I still am trusting God through it. And that is a great part of being a Christian is that when it's all said and done, we're not saved by good theology. We're saved by Jesus Christ. And that's where I put my hope. I don't put my hope and my ability to understand God, understand his ways, understand how he's worked all things from beginning of time till how he's going to work it through the end of time. My hope is in Jesus Christ and Christ alone. And that's where your hope was too. Now, understanding these things on a deeper level can increase your perspective of God. It can make you worship him more. It can make you more grateful for the gospel. It can strengthen your faith in the power of the gospel, but it, these things don't save you. Aw, I'm so glad I married you. 
<laughs> I think it's so cool because I just think it's so beautiful that you believe these things, but you also are a student of God's word. And I think that I was not studious enough hmm. and it did affect me. And throughout this last year, I have grown in a deeper understanding of who God is and in just a greater, I think probably the biggest thing that's changed this year since I've started studying a lot more of this stuff is just in gratitude and gratitude for what the Lord has done Mm. and for what I have not done Mm. and just for the power of the gospel. Mm. And those things have definitely been magnified Mm. by studying theology. Wow. And so that's a pretty big, pretty big deal. Well, I think it's been, uh, that's cool to hear. and, And it's been real similar for me over the last eight months because prior to the about eight months ago I had kind of um, postponed my study of theology and we would go to church we'd read the Bible but I wouldn't and so you can say you know that is studying theology you're studying God when you're doing those things for sure but my like topical study of you know of theology I'd kind of postponed and reading extracurricular books and stuff um, and I will say that the big difference from this time studying theology versus those previous times that I was studying theology is the same thing. The result of it was me coming to a place of worship with you, which was so sweet of what God has done apart from us. Wow. I'm getting emotional. I know I was too. It is. The gospel (laughs) is so powerful. And it has been a very uh, bonding time and Mm -hmm. growing time Mm -hmm. for us this year. And the Lord just really used it Mm -hmm. in both of our lives. And I guess that's an encouragement that I would have for any couple that maybe feel like your spouse isn't taking these things seriously and they should be taking these things seriously or they seriously disagree with you. And I would just encourage you from being in that place of, of being that person that wasn't uh, realizing the importance of these things. Uh, the Lord has to do the work in your spouse's heart and it can't be forced. And I think that Elisha was so gracious to bring these things to my attention in a very gracious way, but he never put me down. I mean, we're married at this point. So maybe when you're dating, if something's really important to you, you can really hammer it out and Mm. choose to drop the person if it's that big a deal. But once you're married and you're in a lifelong commitment with this person, I just encourage you to be gracious and patient and pray uh, because the Lord can do the work in different seasons will like it was the right season this year. For whatever yeah. reason, the Lord chose to really work in my life this way, mm-hmm. and he worked in our marriage this way, and mm-hmm. it was very powerful. It was, and I mean, coming at it from the perspective of being the spouse that on paper was more interested in theology, I will be the first to, to admit that it was probably just head knowledge because it wasn't showing itself out in my life in a practical way that made you that excited about theology. You didn't see the fruits of the Spirit so evident. You didn't see me walking with this vibrant state of worship and in awe of my Savior and, and the new creation he's made me to be. Um, oh, Katie, why am I crying so much? <laughs> I don't know, but it's the sweetest thing no, ever. No, it's not. I, I, don't, I, I don't like listening to myself when I cry. Um, and so that, that, is a, that should be a conviction in your own heart. If, if your study of theology does not bring forth fruit that makes your spouse say, wow, they 
they know God on a deeper level. They worship God you know, see, without ceasing. They're so living in the identity that they believe to be true because of the gospel. Um, and I think that this, like you said, Katie, this most recent time with our you know, more serious dive into theology, that fruit has been evident in both of our lives where we are waking up worshiping God and we're going to sleep worshiping God. I mean, not like every day, but more so than Mm -hmm. times past. Mm -hmm. Um, And that should be a a prayer of your heart. If you're the spouse that is more interested in theology or of deeper matters, be praying that the Lord would put those things on your heart, that it would go from your head to your heart and that you'd start to walk in that faith and you'd walk in that reality that you see as being true in your head. Yeah. And I think, I think that is so cool because I think the Lord really humbled me and really humbled you this year. And it basically, I think we both came to a place where this was beneficial in both of our lives Mm -hmm. and we were able to see it being beneficial in the other person's life. And it's so cool just how faithful the Lord is in our marriage and in each one of our individual relationships with him. Mm. And the beautiful thing is we can trust him with our spouse Mm. And I, I did believe when it comes to just really practical stuff, when we are dating, I did believe that Elisha had the final authority in our family and he answered directly to God mm-hmm. as my spiritual head. And so I did know that when it came to maybe picking a church or whether we were going to baptize our kids or not, mm-hmm. um, infant baptism or baptism when they're older or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, I did understand and have this belief and trust in Elisha that, you know what, I can share my opinion. We could talk Mm -hmm. about this. We're going to have a discussion. He's going to hear from me. Um, But then in the end, I answer to him and he answers to God. And so that we knew that was going to be the hierarchy of decision making Mm -hmm. when it came to different practical spiritual matters that, Mm -hmm. that played out. So I do think that helps, um, keep peace in the relationship Mm -hmm. too when you have that understanding but yeah just your perspective on roles yeah yeah. which which is kind of a whole other topic yeah totally it is a whole but i think because we we were kind of aligned in our perspective of roles we are able to walk into marriage with confidence knowing that those other theological issues would probably yeah, work. I guess it was more you were more comfortable at the thought of them working themselves out you had confidence probably in me being like okay well katie believes this to be the truth about mm-hmm. our marriage mm-hmm. so she will you know submit yeah. to me in these things if something really really matters to me mm-hmm. and i was confident in what you believed enough to feel like you're not gonna do anything crazy mm-hmm. you know like we could raise kids and be on the same page right which i know a lot of people don't have that mm-hmm. in common yeah uh, when they get married and i do think that's just a, a really big blessing yep obviously to be on the same page when it comes to raising your kids. It, it, yeah, it's a huge blessing. And, and, you know, I think me being emotional is, is one, just remembering the power of the gospel and the beauty of that. And then also two, uh, thinking about how grateful I am that we are so aligned in that and that we can seek the Lord together with that core belief in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Uh, and if that's not the case, th- then just pray to God. I mean, not just pray to God. That's, you've got access to God, the father on a 24 seven basis and he hears the prayers of his saints. And, you know, it says that the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. Well, guess what? In Christ, we're all righteous. And so anybody that goes to prayer in the power of Jesus Christ is that righteous person. And those prayers avail much. 
to God. And I think that we can confidently go to God with prayers for our spouse, and we should be going to God with prayers for our spouse, regardless of how unified we are or are not. And then we've talked about it before, you know, just talking about what is it when he's, when uh, Paul's talking to wives, you know, that if you've got an unbelieving husband, that your conduct without a word can lead them to repentance and to faith. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy that we have that type of influence in each other's lives. Yeah. I think that's a super powerful verse, especially for women that he highlights that it can be without a word, mm-hmm. because I think I often just think my words are the most convincing thing I can use. Mm. And often in our husband's lives, they aren't Mm. just our actions and our spirit Mm -hmm. and that joy and graciousness and love can be way more powerful than sitting down and hashing something out. And so anyways, that's a very encouraging verse to hear. Yeah. So there's that. We'll wrap it up. Was <laughs> no, that? tonight was going to be so emotional, but I just, I do pray for each one of your marriages mm-hmm. that the Lord would really be doing a work just individually and in drawing you closer together mm. because it is really, really sweet for me to not know where God's going to take us in the future, but to be able to look back and see just how Elisha's and my relationships have both deepened and in that happening we have really drawn together and mm. the Lord's really brought us together mm. and it's such a gift. It is such a gift to grow in your faith, to grow in your knowledge. When you grow in your knowledge, you can strengthen your faith. You know, sometimes we think of knowledge as a bad thing, but if it just stays knowledge, maybe it's a problem, but knowledge can and strengthen your faith. And mm-hmm. I'm just so grateful that in the most uncertain times of our life, you know, here in 2020, I have never been more confident in my God mm-hmm. and more grateful that it's, it's him who holds the world together and it's him who I serve. Um, I'm so grateful for that. So grateful for that. And yeah, anyways, folks, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us be a part of your life. And we'll see you. Well, you'll hear from us next week. Yeah. Episode 100. Bye-bye.